The Capital Peers Podcast, making wellness monumental. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Capital Peers Podcast for Episode 7 with the Nutrition Body Image Task Force. Today, we'll be talking with myself, Gary Kowalik, Bree, and Nikki, talking about all things intuitive eating. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Capital Peers Podcast. I'm Bree, and I'm going to be talking today with Nikki. I am the Nutrition and Body Image Task Force leader for Capital Peers. So we deal with all things related to food, healthy habits, and having a healthy relationship with your body. And here's Nikki. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, my name is Nikki. I am currently a full-time graduate student in the Milken Institute School of Public Health. I'm getting my master's in public health, um, specializing in public health nutrition. Um, I also went to undergrad at GW um, and got a degree in nutrition science. And I was also a capital peer, so I'm happy to be back here. We're so happy to have you. So for today's episode, we're going to be focusing a lot on intuitive eating and exactly what that means and what it doesn't mean and how that can be helpful for you with building a healthy body image. So I guess, Nikki, if you want to start off by giving us a little bit of an overview of what intuitive eating is. Sure. So intuitive eating was originally coined by a woman named Evelyn Tribal, um, and she is a registered dietitian. And her definition of intuitive eating is that it is a personal process of honoring health by listening and responding to the direct messages of the body in order to meet your physical and psychological needs. So again, some key points in this definition that I think are really important is that she really talks about that you need to stop and listen to your body's cues and then respond to them. And I think a lot of times in our culture, we're very go, 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 and always on the move. And so taking that time to be mindful of what your body needs needs is super important. The other part is that there are are needs that your body has that are both physical and psychological. So I think everyone knows about physical needs. You know, you got to get your carbs, your, your fats and your proteins in, in a regular diet, but you also have psychological needs. So, you know, those cravings or, you know, social memories that are connected to food are also important and also something that need to be honored in intuitive eating. Thank you so much. That was an amazing overview. So I guess the next thing I'm going to ask you is, when we were talking about kind of coming on the podcast and having, you know, a few different sessions that we're doing, because also everyone should come check out our intuitive eating health hut. We were talking about what intuitive eating is and something that came up in our task force conversation was, so with intuitive eating, like, why aren't you just going to eat junk food all the time? And I know that's a big misconception about intuitive eating. If you kind of wanted to clarify that. Yeah, that's a good question. A lot of people think that if you don't have any food rules, your body will just go crazy and eat, you know, all the things that you've been craving this entire time. But that's actually not the case. Your body is um, fascinating and I think smarter than we all think it actually is. So your body's goal is to keep you in homeostasis, right? We don't want too much or too little of anything. We see this like in a super like micro level, you know, for something as simple as blood sugar when you have, you know, insulin levels to keep that down, but you also have glucagon to bring it back up. And so, you know, those homeostasis processes are happening at a super micro level. And so by the nature of that, they also happen at a larger scale. So a lot of it has to do with, you know, trusting your body and recognizing that once you do allow yourself to eat those foods that you maybe have been putting off, that craving will be satisfied and eventually your body's going to want to go back to its normal diet. 
Thank you. I love that explanation. And I know as someone who I'm also extremely into intuitive eating and I, whenever I try to explain it to people, I always get that question of like, well, I'm just going to eat Oreos all the time. It's like, well, if you're doing it correctly, then no. So I guess next, I was just going to ask if you could give the listeners some like practical tips on how they can incorporate intuitive eating kind of into their lifestyle, especially as, you know, college students. Sure. So within the realm of intuitive eating, there's actually 10 specific principles and the goals of them are really to get you thinking about, again, your body's needs and identifying ways that you can figure out what your body wants and honor that. So one of the first principle of intuitive eating is to reject the diet mentality which means that you don't have any food rules at all whatsoever. So if someone does want to engage in intuitive eating, it really means letting all of those walls down, which can be quite difficult. And I find that this one is probably the most difficult for me. You know, I was vegetarian in high school because, you know, we love the animals and do a lot of vegan eating now. Um, But in the process of intuitive eating, like even those kind of rules, I think that you need to let go of. And that really just allows your body to kind of explore and figure out what feels best for it. Some other ones include making peace with food. So recognizing that all foods do have a place in the diet. There are, there's no such thing as good food or bad food. That is one of the principles of nutrition. And we often label foods as good or bad in our society. And having to unlearn that is really difficult, but Every food does fit. Some you just need more in moderation and others, you know, you need in larger quantities. So that's another principle of intuitive eating that I think is important to keep in mind. And I think another big one to touch on um, is also exercise, Um, even though, of course, it isn't quite eating those two things, nutrition and exercise are integrated. And I think a lot of people who maybe study or struggle with body image or have a disordered relationship with food um, to whatever extent that might be. Also struggle with compulsive exercise or maybe don't have a great relationship with that either. So one of the really important things is to find joyful movement. I think a lot of times in our society, exercise is is viewed as punishment. And that is not the case. We don't want to punish our bodies for anything. Don't want to punish it for eating too much or eating the wrong foods, whatever it might be. Exercise is a way to celebrate your body and all that it can do. So you might want to sit down and examine what your relationship with exercise looks like too. I think one really good question to ask yourself is what exercise would I do if my body would not change the way that it looked? So really taking that, you know, component of looks and kind of being perceived by others out of it and focusing on what makes you feel good is another really important one. So those are some of the main components of intuitive eating that that stand out to me. I love all of those. Thank you so much. And I think for me personally, like the joyful movement has been a huge game changer since I learned about it. I'm someone who I always, I coined the term, I'm allergic to exercise. Like I I hated Mm -hmm. exercising because every time I did it, I felt like I needed to like burn like 800 900 calories per sitting like that's just not realistic I'm like also not healthy always but then I found walking and I was like wait I love this and now I just take walks and it's great mentally and physically so recommend that yeah that's awesome um, um, also I, would say, I think especially with walking a lot of people don't count it as exercise which is so silly it's so good for you like physically but also all of those mental benefits are important so I'm very glad that you found that 
yes, it's so good for you. And for so long, it was like not real exercise, but now we've gotten past that and we love walking. So I guess my last kind of overarching question for you is like any like resources either at GW or in the broader community that you can share related to healthy body and intuitive eating, joyful movement. And then I have a couple of things after I was just going to quickly add. Sure. Um, so I think, you know, one of the most known ways that you can examine your relationship with food um, is to work with a therapist. And so we do have CAPS on campus, as I'm sure many people know, counseling and psychological services does have professionals in the office, but also they can connect you to people around the DC area. So that is one way to work on your relationship with food. But I also realize that, you know, therapy is not always accessible or affordable, affordable for everyone. Um, and so there are other things on campus that I think are really helpful. Um, one of them is the store. Um, I realize that food insecurity can play a huge role into our eating habits. You know, people who might grow up in a food insecure household might feel like I have to eat all the food now because it might not be here tomorrow or things of that nature. So the store is a great resource for students to pick up any extra food that they need and, you know, make meals with that. There's no questions asked, which is awesome. So taking away the stigma of visiting the store is great. And I do think that's a resource that more people need to know. Apart from the store, um, I think one thing that everyone should do is diversify your social media feeds. And I think this is my like favorite advice to give because it is completely free. When you're scrolling through, you know, Instagram or Twitter, whatever it might be, that is your space. And if anyone is making you feel bad about yourself, whether it's intentional or not, like that's not okay. And it is completely free to unfollow them. And I don't think that you need to, you know, rationalize it um, for whoever it might be. So instead of, you know, following people that might make you feel bad, there are plenty of intuitive eating dietitians and other people working in the body positivity space follow. I really like dietitian Anna is one of my favorites, um, as well as New Moon RD and Aligned Nutrition are a couple out there um, in my very long list of favorite people to follow. So yeah, those are my, my three tips for, for folks. I love all of those. My personal favorite tip has been diversifying my feed. It kind of started during quarantine when I got on TikTok and it was completely like not an intentional thing in the back of my head I always knew you know diversifying your feed is good but I kind of just stumbled across some body positive TikTok creators and to be honest with you like completely just changed my life I was like wait I don't have to be looking at these models that have spent weeks like doing harmful things to their bodies and photoshopping to look this way and it's been amazing so one thing I really wanted to highlight that you can all do who are listening to kind of help you through this process is if you go to the Capital Peers Instagram, Nutrition and Body Image has amazing, amazing resources related to working with your body image and intuitive eating. And we have listed out like all different body positive content creators on TikTok and Instagram that you can see on our page. You have store hours and different resources across GW, CAPS, really everything that you need to get started with building a better body image. Another thing that I wanted to just kind of mention that I did this semester and it's been absolutely incredible is if you have time in your schedule, there's a class at GW Wade in Society. It's an undergrad class. It's a hell well. And it's basically all about weight stigma, weight bias, why the diet industry is fake, how you can build a better 
image with your body and with food and joyful movement. And it's literally incredible. If you have any time, highly recommend it. And yeah, I think that just in general, GW has a lot of really good resources that if you go, especially to like the health center website or just student life website, you can check out. And there's honestly a lot more than you probably realize. So definitely if you have a few minutes, just take time, go through that, explore that and really find what works for you. I I am an athlete here. And I think it's so interesting when I feel like I need to like, you know, fuel your body and stuff as an athlete and things like that. But I think it's after I'm having like a really long game or something, I like always want chocolate milk, you know, (laughs) and it's like so random, but that's listening to my body. Like I needed the calories and like replenishing my water and things like that. There's like actual science to why I would crave that thing. And so why would you restrict something that literally your body needs? (laughs) But you know, when you're not doing this crazy exercise or you're not doing something that's, I guess would be intense exercise like that. I feel like it's harder for people to try and listen to those cues or even understand that they have them in a way, because it's like, I'm forced to remember that my body needs things and I, it's okay to want them because after volleyball, all I want are pickles and chocolate milk. Like that's so random, right? But, you know, I think some athletes would be, I need to like protein snack. I need to do everything you need uh, at this point. And obviously for performance, yes, those are things, but of course drink the chocolate milk after because it feels good and it makes you happy. And those are all, and like the cultural components of doing things like that. But it's okay to eat foods that make you, you fill your soul <laughs> into that psychological and physical piece. I think it's really great. So I, I don't know, Nikki, if you have any comments on that, especially with like the nutrition attached to like performance. Yeah, I do think it's athletes are a whole other world. And when you're fueling for performance, there's a lot that goes into that. But I think more so for the general population, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, after I work out, I feel like I shouldn't eat because I'm just eating back all of the calories that I burned. But that is not true for so many reasons. First of all, um, exercise makes up a very small portion of the total amount of calories that your body needs throughout the day or that your body burns. Most of what your body uses energy for is just for your resting metabolic rate. So, you know, keeping your heart pumping and blood flowing throughout your body. Um, all of that takes energy and that is where most of what we eat goes to. Um, so exercise, first of all, is a pretty small portion of the total amount of um, calories burned. And on top of that, when you do exercise, um, you need to replenish the, the calories that you have burned so that your body can, can do all of those things. And, you know, depending on what your goals are, you know, as an athlete, I would think, you know, you want to um, you know, be strong. So put on some muscle, um, replenishing is so, so important and you should not be restricting, um, those foods for physical and psychological needs, like you said. So enjoy that chocolate milk after, after <laughs> yeah. kind of just going off of that really quickly, something we had talked about, I think it was in my weight and society class, but I think I've heard it in like the general body positivity movement, which I was like, is really interesting is, you know, when you're talking about listening to your body and listening to those cues, when your body gives you like literally any other single like a signal, like, I don't know, like you need water, you need to go to the bathroom, like something hurts, like your foot hurts or something, you need to take a break, like you listen to it. So why is it that with food and hunger, it's like, we think that our bodies don't know what they need because with every other thing, it's like, oh, obviously like that's what my body needs, like that's what I'm going to do. But I think that when you start to think about it, 
as just like what does my body want but also like not just in terms of like physical needs but like what what do I enjoy it just makes it a lot simpler yeah that's a really good point why do we treat food any differently from any of our other cues that's that's some food for thought exactly well thank you so much for coming on Nikki it was so great having you and hearing all of your nutrition expertise and thank you both so much for having me and it is so nice to be back and hanging out with the Capitol Cruise again thank you thank you so much thank you Carrie